0: Welcome to our podcast here at Encounter Church in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. We pray that as you listen to this message, you will not only be challenged, but changed. Our desire is to be a place where life starts, love happens, and purpose is revealed. If you're in our area, join us on Sunday mornings at 9 or 11 a.m. and every first Wednesday at 645. For more information about our church, visit us at EncounterChurch.today or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or Periscope. Just search for eChurchBR. We invite you now to open your hearts to receive what God has for you. Here's today's message. Come on, high five two people around you and say, looking good, looking good, looking, looking good. One thing we love to do every summer is we love to take a month or at least a portion of the summer and 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 dig a little bit deeper if you want to say it that way go into a series that takes us a little bit deeper because it tends to be during the summer there are not so many visitors come to church but it's more the home folk it, it's the fall and the beginning kids go back to school people start saying I need Jesus again and they begin to look for Jesus and we're excited about that and if you would notice we kind of suit and fit the the themes and the series to fit those different trends and needs of this world because we want to we want to strike when the harvest is there does that make sense We we want those messages. But, you know, for the next four weeks, we just really want to talk about something that is so important to me and something that I don't know where I would be without. And we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit. We're going to present to you, I believe, the true story of the Holy Spirit from God's word, because there's a lot of messed ideas up. And we're going to go into it today, so if you have your Bibles, and don't forget to follow on Version. All of our notes are on Version every week. If you are not clued into that, find someone who is. Go to the Connect Zone. Come and see one of us after church, and we can try and help you with that. But what a great way, every week, that the notes are on your Bible. No excuse. Acts 19, verse 1 and 2, and it happened while Apollos was at Corinth, that Paul, having passed through the upper region, came to Ephesus. That was the church of Ephesus that was what he would write a letter to the Ephesians. That was the church of Ephesus. And he found some disciples there, Christians. And he said to them, a group of Christians, disciples, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said to him, we have not so much has heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. History indicates that their teachers knew something of the basics of Christianity from contact with John the Baptist. But they were apparently unaware of Pentecost, the day of Pentecost when the Spirit of God was outpoured and they began to speak in another language as the Spirit of God gave them utterance. Therefore, these disciples had only been baptized in John's baptism, that of repentance coming to know Christ. And that is evident by what they said. We have not so much heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And that's where I want to begin this series from today, because I believe that's much like where we find ourselves today. There's a major problem because not many people have heard about the Holy Spirit. They don't know about the Holy Spirit. And unfortunately, what many people do know about the Holy Spirit and what they have been taught and the experiences that they have seen are the wrong things. There's a lot of crazy out there when it comes to the Holy Spirit. Come on, I want to say that again. There's a lot of crazy out there. I've been experienced in certain things that if I didn't have a true knowledge of the Holy Spirit, I'd be like, man, get away. I don't want that. I mean, I, I don't want to act like that. I don't want to do that. I don't want to be like that. And what I've realized in anything, especially when it comes to God's word, if we have the wrong interpretation, if we have the wrong representation, then it equals confusion. And any times that we are confused about something, it creates an uncertainty in us so we don't move into that with a confidence. And that's the problem with the Holy Spirit and how it's been presented. There's an uncertainty today. Do I? Don't I? Should I? Shouldn't I? There's an uncertainty of something that I believe from God's word that he says, be filled with the Spirit. It's a command. It's a direct command to every one of us. And there's something here that we have to see. It amazes me that two of the most opposed parts of a Christian experience is tithing and the Holy Spirit. Have you ever thought about that? Two of the most opposed parts of our faith, our walk with God, is tithing and the Holy Spirit. If you were to look at both of them, what are they? They are a conduit. They are a channel. They are the means by which God wants to get blessing to his people, to his children. And so you've got to realize that the enemy doesn't want you to be blessed financially, so he doesn't want you to see the need of paying tithes. The enemy doesn't want to see you operate in the power that God says you'll receive when the Holy Spirit, because he doesn't want you to be a powerful Christian. A Christian is not always a threat to Satan, but a powerful Christian who knows that that God has saved them and that they have a purpose on the earth. Come on, that's a different story. So if he can just keep you saved, if he can keep you sitting on your wallet and not giving you tithes. Come on, I'm preaching better than you're responding today. You see, Satan's plan is to disrupt, to limit, to hinder our lives. Because many times he can't stop. So what does he do? He goes to plan B. And one thing I've realized in life is this. If they're circling buzzards, it's because there's fresh meat somewhere. If the enemy is circling, if the enemy is saying, hey, this is, it's because there's some meat here and you and I need the meat of God's word. You see, we have moved from theology. Theology is this Theo is God. Ology is the study of something. So, theology is the study of God. And I think today we have moved from the study of God, theology, to meology. My feelings. Come on, not from God's word and what God says, but to my feelings, to my interpretation, to my experiences. They're my experiences, so they have to be right. Be careful. Be careful. So here's what I ask as a pastor. I want you to make a commitment to these next four weeks. I think you should be in church every Sunday anyway. But I would just ask you to make a special commitment to be here, at least if you can't be here because you're going camping or you're doing something as a family, and that's great. Make sure that you are catching up either on Facebook Live or one of the podcasts that you are listening because I want to pastor you through this. And that's our role. You see, as a pastor, we're regarded as a shepherd. What's the shepherd's role for the sheep? To lead and feed. And, and that's what we want to do. We want to lead you through this so you can find the feed that you need and the food that you need to make it through. And that's our responsibility through every series that we come through. We are leading you and feeding you from God's word. And one other thing I ask is this. Open up your heart to this. Come with a blank page. Say, God, I want to experience this afresh and new. I push aside all preconceived ideas, experiences, thoughts, and I'm coming with no obstacles in the way, but I just want you. Anyone with me on that? Anyone saying, I want that? Because when I sat down to study this, I said, God, I, I don't want it. I want something fresh. I need something new. And that's what God wants to do in every one of our lives. And I think what we've got to start with this, we've got to start by understanding who the Holy Spirit is. The Holy Spirit is not an it. It's not this warm, fuzzy feeling. And unfortunately, we get that by the translation of spirit or ghost. But what we need to understand is the Holy Spirit is a person. And not just any person, He is the person, one of the triune Godhead. We believe here God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And just like a person, He has attributes, He has a nature, He has feelings. And we're going to be working through that over the next few weeks. So a great place to start is the actual translation of what we now get, Spirit or ghost. They are used interchangeably throughout the scripture 800 times. There is some reference to the Holy Spirit or the Spirit of God 800 times. Spirit and ghost, I don't feel, is the greatest translation for this. Because why? I don't believe they best describe who he is. They don't identify his nature. You start talking about a spirit or a ghost, it's something people will repel against and fight against because it's not something that will draw you in. It's not something that's appealing to you. It's kind of mystical. And that's not what the Holy Spirit is. He doesn't want to be mystical in the fact of what is it. He needs you to know who he is and what he is. And you've got to understand that the Bible itself was written in two languages, the Old Testament Hebrew, the New Testament predominantly in Greek. So as these words are written in the original language, any time that you would translate to another language, there can be trouble. It can be hard to find a particular word. In fact, in, in, in a nation or whatever, there is maybe no word for that, so you have to make up some kind of word to go along with that. Can I just give you a laugh about that? About three years ago, we are in Nicaragua, and um, during one of the services... Robert was preaching and he's preaching his heart out and the title of his message was take off your church clothes. Take off your church clothes. How we come with this act and we're dressed up but underneath well we wondered why every time he would say take off your church clothes everyone in the church kind of backed up and kind of and there was one lady that was just really smiling on the front. We couldn't understand what was going on. And then on the way home in the minibus, the interpreter told us, by the way, there is really no such words for that in the Spanish language. So what I had to tell to people was, you need to go to church naked. <laughs> so you can see when he's going, come on, you got to take your church off. you got to go to church naked. And everyone's like, so I don't know what happened in church that next Sunday, but I'm glad I wasn't there to check it out. Amen. But can you can you see though the difference it, it, it's easy for us in our language to understand what's been said but to try and put it into another language it can be a challenge so they felt the best way was spirit and they felt the best way was ghost but what do we see as we look at the old testament the word in hebrew is ruach you've almost got to say it like you've got something in your throat ruach okay and the meaning behind it is a wind A breath, a violent exhalation, a blast of breath. Now, you can see why they struggled with this, because they didn't want to say Father, Son and breath. Can you see that? I mean, that would have kind of come across crazy, huh? Holy wind, Father, Son and holy wind. So that was the breakdown there. But we see it first referenced in Genesis 1 verse 2, the earth was without form and void and darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit, the wind of God, the breath of God, was hovering over the face of the waters in that which was confusion and void and darkness. God's breath, God's Word, God's Spirit was there to breathe life, to bring a change into that which was dark. And void. Then in the New Testament, we see the word that's used is pneuma. It's a silent P. Pneuma is the word, and, uh, and, and Miss Emma is going to correct me on this because she's the scholar. She knows all this stuff. I love you, Miss Emma. And um, so if you want to know the real way to pronounce it, go and see Miss Emma and she'll hook you up. But pneuma. And, and again, the meaning that we see is it's a current of air, a blast of breath, a strong breeze. A strong breeze. And we again, we don't see the nature of this in just the word spirit or ghost. John six sixty three it says it is the spirit, the breath of God. That's the word there, numa, the breath of God who gives life. The flesh profits nothing, but the words that I speak to you, Jesus said, the words that you have in my word right now, they are spirit. Say with me, breath. They are wind. They are life. To you. You see, when we say spirit, we're like, okay, what's that? But they are breath of life. They are wind. They are refreshing. They are hope to your life. Come on, Jesus is saying my words are not just words. They are life. They are life-bringing rhema words, we know, where the revelation can jump off the page. Thank God for the Logos, the written Word of God. But we need the rhema where we have the revelation by His Spirit, His breath, breathing in that all of a sudden that Scripture is not just a verse anymore, it's my verse. Because it's for me. Come on, all is well was my rhema word that God gave me this morning. And I needed that. But you see, the Holy Spirit's desire is that your experience with God would have life, that would have breath, that would have a freshness, breath or wind. And so to help us today to understand the nature of the Holy Spirit, I want to look at the characteristics of wind that is made reference by the literal meaning of the name. And and the Holy Spirit is also referred to or compared to in the Bible as fire, water, oil, and a dove. And you can see in those all the incredible qualities and natures and characteristics that God's Holy Spirit was, wants to be for your life. But we're going to discover today through wind. So we're going to look at some things about wind. Number one, wind is unseen. Wind is unseen, but it's there. I said it's unseen, but it's there. You, you don't see it. You don't go out and say, man, look at the wind. But you go out and say, look at the cause, the effect. I can know there's a wind by what I see. You can feel the wind. Anyone with me on that? You can feel the wind. God's presence, His Holy Spirit, I believe, is something that wants to be felt by every one of us. Now I know we're not to be governed by our feelings. That's where we're at today. We're led by our feelings and we've got to watch because our feelings will lie to us. But not all feelings are bad. Just because I feel it doesn't mean it's bad. And I'm glad with my relationship with God that I can feel Him. I said I'm glad that I can feel Him and sense and know He's there. Now I may not feel Him all the time, but that doesn't mean He's absent. He's always present But there's lessons that I can be taught through my life because if it was all just about feelings, you're there, you're there, yeah, we would never grow, we would never develop. And that's why the Bible says that our walk with God is a faith walk. Say with me, faith walk. What does that mean? The Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight. We don't go by senses alone. If I don't see it, if I don't feel it, if I don't hear it, then there's no God. No, that's not the truth. Thank God for those feelings. Thank God for knowing that. But sometimes it feels like, God, where are you? Anyone ever like that? You know what I'm talking about? But that's the faith walk. That's the faith walk. But it doesn't mean the wind's gone. You, you just don't see it. Pastor Pete was talking about Jesus um, just before he left to go to heaven. And we see this scripture again in the Last Supper before Jesus would be arrested and taken and crucified. He's talking to his disciples in great detail about the Holy Spirit. Presenting the fact to them that he does not plan to leave them alone. John 14, 16 and 17. And I will pray the Father and he will give you Another helper, comforter, advocate, parakletos is the word. And the literal meaning of that is one called alongside of you. What a beautiful picture. He is the parakletos, the one that wants to be beside you. That when you go to work tomorrow, he's the parakletos. When when you're involved in situations, he's right there. The parakletos beside us, that he may abide with you forever. Forever. He says, I will give you another. The thought there is one besides, another of the same kind. The word shows similarities, but the diversity of operation and ministries. And he said, I will give you another comforter, helper, advocate. The thought there is one besides me, Jesus said, and in addition to me, he's not being replaced. He's not replacing himself, but he is adding to our experience the Holy Spirit. One just like me, Jesus said, he will do in my absence what I would do if I was physically present with you. And verse 17 says, the spirit, the breath, the wind of truth, whom the world cannot receive. Why? Because it does not see him or know him. You see, the world cannot accept this many times because it doesn't see it. Wind is unseen. They don't see him. But it goes on to say, but you know him for he dwells within you and you will be and will be in you. You see, that's the role, the place, his desire to occupy your life, to come into your life. And I must admit, this is one of the main reasons I think most love our church. We, we could all turn around and say, man, I love our church because it's awesome worship. Man, that was incredible today. Wasn't that incredible today? And they did a fantastic job. And we could say, man, I love our church because of the worship team. You, you could say, I love our church because we've got the best pastor. Amen. Praise God. You, you could say you love your church because of the small groups in the community that you've found. And, and you need to be a part of that. You could say you love your church because of E-Kids and, and wow, your kids love Carmen and everything. And we could go in all this, but you know the real reason that we love our church is because you come here and you feel His Spirit. Yeah. You, you, you feel His Spirit. You sense his, that, that wind, that breath. You have that newness of life that is just breathed over you. You just get refreshed. You, you can just feel that. That's why you invite your friends because you're like, you can't almost tell them about it. Well, if you come, but you're like, you, you just got to come and see for yourself. You, you, you just got to come because I can't explain it, but just come and see. And, and when they come, they sense that. And today, maybe you felt it. I pray you did. If you didn't feel it, then check your pulse. You're dead. You're, you're, you're in trouble. But you see, some of you felt something, but you don't know how to identify what it is and, and connect that. But what you felt today, I'm telling you, is the Holy Spirit, that God's presence that wants to touch. Second thing we know about wind, and that is this wind is unpredictable, it blows every which way, can shift on you, constantly changes. And this, in fact, is the part that we love and hate. What do I mean by love? We love the fact that wind is unpredictable because that means that God is limitless. He's not controlled in a certain way. But yet we hate it because we can't always figure it out. Come on, let's just be honest right now. We, we want to figure out God with our minds. We want to be able to sense it all. And, and so we love it because he, he is so great. But yet we almost hate it at times because God, I, I, I don't understand. I can't figure it all out. If you go to an airport, one thing you'll see is what's called a windsock. And a windsock will blow whichever direction the wind. And that's very important because when planes are landing and taking off, they need to know not how the wind was blowing five hours ago. They need to know how it's blowing right now because if they're going against or with, it's going to cause problems. So they will have to sometimes even change the direction of which way the planes are landing and coming in. Why? Because the wind. We have a windsock in our lives. God's the Holy Spirit. (laughs) And unfortunately, we often see a God who is unpredictable. It doesn't mean that God's out of order because... He's not out of order. God's all about order. He's, uh, he's about things that need to be done right, but things can be done differently right. Hello? Things can be done differently right. The right's the most important part, but they can be done differently. And that's what the Holy Spirit wants to do. Look at this statement from Pastor Chris Hodges. I love this. He says, God doesn't always do it the same way for this reason. Because we would worship the system instead of seeking God. Isn't that the truth? We would worship a system. And we see this from the scripture, John 3, verse 8, the wind. And actually, that is the word pneuma that has been translated as wind there and not spirit. It says the wind blows wherever it wishes. And and you hear the sound of it, but you cannot tell from where it comes and where it goes. So everyone is born of the spirit of God. It's not in the sense of crazy, but unpredictable. There's a difference. It's fresh, it's new, it's living, alive, it's not religious. The number one attack that Jesus faced here on this earth was religious. What is religion? Doing the same thing over and over again. And that's the attack that Jesus had against him. He came in to bring in something fresh, a relationship with God. Come on, to break us free from the doldrums of life, to breathe fresh air into our lives. And that's what the Holy Spirit wants to do. I'm so glad in the Bible that God only spoke through one burning bush. Because if he had done that more, we would have had the the church of the burning bush. We would have been worshipping a bush instead of God. Come on, I'm so glad in the life of Jesus that when Jesus did miracles, sometimes he touched people. Sometimes he sent people. Once he... (laughs) Spat in the ground and he made it and put it in someone's eyes. Well, why is that so important? Here's why I believe it's important. Because so many times we try to limit God by only what our brain can contain. And we want to limit God and we want to shrink him down to our thing. And we want to figure it out. Oh, if pastor could just lay hands on them, they would be healed. If I can just do this and do that. No, we're not worshipping a system. We're worshipping a God. We're worshipping His Holy Spirit. And if we shrink Him down, listen to this, to this way, to our way of thinking and doing, He is no longer God. He's no longer God. He's now me or you. And if that's the case, help us, Jesus. Because we need help. Are Are you okay today? Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, we're okay, we're okay, we're okay. Okay, wind is powerful. Man is that true. Wind can generate energy, wind can sell a ship, wind can destroy a community, unfortunately. We've seen that here. We we know the hurricanes, we know the effects. But let me ask you a question today. Here's the question. What are you going through right now? Can you fix it? Come on, what is it that you are going through right now? Are you able, is that something that you can fix? (laughs) Here's the reality, are you ready? If you could fix it, you wouldn't be going through it. I mean, why would I suffer if I had the means to fix it? I mean, that would be dumb. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're not dumb, are you? I mean, uh, why would that be? Well, man, I'm really miserable today. Well, why is that? Well, just because I'm choosing to be miserable because I have the ability. That's, That's silly. But you are going through something in your life. I believe every one of us are going through something in our lives right now that's more powerful than you. But it's bigger than you. And that's why we need His power. That's why we need the power. That's what makes a miracle a miracle. You know what makes a miracle a miracle? It's something that you can't do. But it's something that only He can do. And it's so sad to me, as a pastor, it's so sad to me that we have turned our lives off to the power because we don't understand it. We don't comprehend it. We don't see it. And now we don't want it. We push it away. Where Acts 1 verse 8 says, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has what come upon you. We see the power first to be a witness, to spread the gospel. But first and foremost, the power is for your life to first live the gospel. How can we tell the gospel if we're not really living the gospel? And I need his power. I'm telling you right now, I need the power of the Holy Spirit to help me to live victorious every day. I, I, I need his power to guard my mouth. I need his power to help me in every... I need the power of God in my life. Wind is refreshing. If you don't believe me, see what happens when your AC goes off. I'm getting ready to go to England. There's no AC in England. Help us, Jesus. And it's going to be like 30 days degrees centigrade, 30 degrees centigrade, you double it and add 30, it's going to be about 90 degrees this week in England with no air conditioning, so pray for me, pray for me. But listen, if your air conditioning's out, don't get Gordon, get Craig, is that cool? Where's Craig? There he is, yeah, don't get Gordon, get Craig, he's our AC tech that comes to the church. But First Corinthians 2, 9 and 10 says, but it is written, eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has it entered the heart of men, the things which God has prepared for them that love Him. But God has revealed them through His Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. Eye has not seen everything that God has. Ear has not. We cannot comprehend in our own everything that God has. But I'm telling you right now, God wants to bring a wind. He wants to bring His Spirit, a breath of fresh air into your Christian experience that you will never be the same again. Fifty plus years ago, my grandfather was a leader in an organized church organization in in England. And my grandfather came upon the book of Acts and he read it with, with with a new zeal, a new fervor. God was really speaking to him and ministering to him. And he said, there's something here. And he went to the leaders of that church and organization and they said, we don't want nothing to do with that. And my grandfather was so broken in his spirit because he knew that God was drawing him to something. And he had to be obedient and he stepped away from that particular church. And with a group of people, they began to meet in his house and they began to pray. And all they prayed is this, God, if your Holy Spirit is real, we want it. God, would you come? And for weeks they sought God and they really believed that God had more for their life. And they had an upper room experience. God came and he filled every one of them with his Holy Spirit. With the evidence of, of speaking in a heavenly language. And it changed their lives. It absolutely changed their lives. And I'm so glad it changed their life because my life was changed as a result of it. And guess what? And now your life has being changed by it every week. People label my grandfather and others around as you're crazy. You've lost your mind. They lost their reputation in their community. People looked at them in a different way. But I'm telling you, it wasn't long before people began to realize they're not the same as they used to be. Come on, we read that in book of Acts, don't we? That all of a sudden, they used to walk through a lay, past a lame man every way to the temple. But something happened. This day they stopped and said, hold on a second. We ain't going to walk past you anymore because silver and gold we don't have. But what now I have inside of me, I'm going to give to you in the name of Jesus. Rise up and walk. And the Bible says, and immediately he rose up and walked. Why was that? Something happened. Oh, they were saved before, but they now had a power to accompany their salvation experience. God wants to bring a into your relationship with Him. Ephesians 4.30, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Listen to what it says from the Message Bible. It says, don't grieve God. Don't break His heart. His Holy Spirit moving and breathing in you is the most intimate part of your life, making you fit for Himself. Don't take such a gift. For granted, A gift is something you've got to ask for to receive. So how today can I take the Holy Spirit for granted? How can I, as the Bible says, grieve the Holy Spirit? Because I don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit in my life. And I'm going to give you three simple steps today. Number one, really simple steps because I'm a simple person. And may, I may be talking up to you all. And if I am, then hey, there's no reason that none of you should get this, because we're going in at the elementary level. Step number one, let go of all fears and misconceptions. God, right now, God, I don't want to grieve you. I don't want to be resistant. God, I want to let go of every fear I have and every misconception. I'm letting go of the meology, and I want to go back to the theology. I, I want to get God. Because we've all got fears. Let's be honest. We've all got fears. I I hear people say this. Here's a fear that some people say. You ready? Man, I'm really scared to surrender my life to God because what if he moves me to Africa on the mission field? (laughs) Well, hey, if you're meant to be in Africa on the mission field, that's the best place for you to be. If that's what God has for your life, then that's great. But I'm telling you right now, it's not a fact that God forces himself upon you. He begins to unlock the desires that are already in your heart, but you don't realize those. And and you begin to become the person that he has created you to be. Who's doing things now that you never thought that you would do? Uh, And it's not all of a sudden because you changed. It's the Holy Spirit that's drawing attention. If you go through our growth track the the second week or third week, you're going to discover gifts that you didn't know were there. That's the Holy Spirit putting his finger upon those things of your life. And when you listen to me, function in the purpose that God has for your life. You're now not doing it on your own strength, but you're doing it by the supernatural strength of God that he wants to bless your life. Come on. Let me say this statement. I don't have it on the screen, but it's a good one. and You need to write it down. Where fear is present, God is not in control. Where fear is ruling, God doesn't have rule and control. And so we've got to be careful because areas of our life of fear can take over the control from God in our lives. Proverbs 3 verse 5, the Message Bible. Trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. But listen for God's voice in everything that you do. Number two, you've got to go all in. Say with me, all in with God. <laughs> in everything that God has, not just a part of God and a piece of God. you got—you got to go all in yeah. with God. We've got so good at trying to fit God into our lives. <laughs> well, that's not what the scripture tells us we need to do. Come on, we need to place our whole lives into Him. We, we need to be in Christ Jesus. Listen to me, you will never fully experience God while just giving Him half of your life. If you're giving him a half-hearted offering, you, you, you'll be touched by some. Remember that day when people came and they gave great amounts of money? And they were celebrating. The, the picture of it is this. They would come and they would dance and they would celebrate and they would throw in loads of money. They would make a scene so everyone could see how much they were doing and it was a big celebration. But over in the corner, there was a little lady that took out two little coins from her pocket and just dropped them in and ran out. She didn't make a scene Because it wasn't much. But Jesus said, did you catch that, disciples? Did you see that? They said, what? We're we're, we're impressed by all this big money stuff. He says, no, no, no. Someone's just given more than all of that. But she only gave two little coins. Yeah, but she gave everything that she had. Come on. You may say, pastor, but what if I give everything and nothing happens? Nothing will ever happen until you do you got nothing to lose. I'm telling you right now, it's a win-win situation. Well, God, I, I, I don't know about that. Just surrender and go all in with God. I believe 110% that God can radically change you when you go all in with Him. Anyone attest to me of that? How God has changed your life, what you were and what you are now, and God's not finished with you yet. Jeremiah 29, verse 13, You will seek me and you will find me when you search for me with half of your heart. No, with all of your heart. Give it time. You may say, well, I've done this and I'm not seeing it. Maybe you won't see it straight away. Maybe you won't feel it straight away. Maybe you will not know it immediately, but you've got to be faithful to it. You've got to sow to it, because I'm telling you, what you sow, you're going to reap. And you've got to wait some time between sowing and reaping, but there's a harvest that's going to come. And when does the harvest come? It doesn't come miraculously one day. Today is a part of the harvest. Tomorrow is a part of the harvest. But one day there's going to be the fruit of the harvest. But every day is just as important, because without it, there will never be the fruit. Fruit of harvest in your life. Here's what I decided many years ago. Here's my prayer. Are you ready? God, if you have it, I want it. And I've even upped my prayer and that's this. Are you ready? God, if you have it, I want it. And if they don't want it, I'll take their portion too. Amen. If you don't want it, I'll take it. No restraints, no questions asked. I'm in. Number three, you've got to develop an intimate friendship with the Holy Spirit. Any relationship takes time you've got to take time in the Word and ask God just to reveal Himself to you, the person of the Holy Spirit. You see, you've got to understand the roles of God in your life. God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, they they have different roles in your life. Let me explain it this way. Are you ready? In creation, we see God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. And here was their roles. God was the architect. The Holy Spirit was the foreman. I mean, Jesus was the foreman and the Holy Spirit was the laborer. Jesus said, here's the design, son, go and do it. Jesus went down and said, we're going to do this, this. And it was the Holy Spirit that carried out the work here on this earth. Yeah, and so what you've got to realize is the Holy Spirit wants to play a role in your life. And In, in this particular verse, the benediction that Paul writes, the last thoughts, the last verse. Of 2 Corinthians, we see this. Look, 2 Corinthians 13, 14. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, may the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you. The grace of God, or grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, love of God, and the communion. Look at the Message Bible. I think it helps define it a little bit more. It says, May the amazing grace of the Master Jesus Christ, the extravagant love of God, And the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. What I've realized is this. Most people know the amazing grace. And thank God for the salvation experience. Thank God for His grace that came. Most of you today know the extravagant love. Because thank God He loved you unconditionally. But many people miss out, I truly believe, on the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit. And what He wants to do. Just really quickly you need to know that God the Father loves you. That's the starting point. That's where it has to be. God, you love me. I accept your love. I saw something on social media this week and I thought this is really cool. If you could just put the next slide up. It was a picture and then it said this statement at the beginning. Because the world has rejected Christ, it is incapable of defining love. And the reason why the world is incapable now of defining love is because of that verse. We know what love is because He first loved us. If we don't love God, we don't truly know what love is. And that's why the world today is incapable of defining true love because they don't know true love. We've got to know true love first. If you don't know Jesus today, I want you to know that he loves you today. I said he loves you today. He wants you to relate to him as a father. And that can be tough for some of us because we didn't have a great father figure here on this earth. And so when we try to regard God as a father, we can have problems with that in our mind. But I'm telling you right now, he's not that father. Come on, he's the one that you wished you had. Do do you ever remember saying, man, I wish that he, he is more than what you wished you ever had, because he is a loving, heavenly father. And you know why he loves you? Because you're of value. And you know how you tell how valuable something is? Look at this. You tell the value of something by what someone is willing to pay for it. You know what He paid for you? With His life as He gave everything for you. That's how much He loves you. John three sixteen. For God so loved you. He so loved you. He so loved me that He gave heaven's best. Held nothing back for us that we could have life with Him. So what else do we need to know? God the Son, He's the one that saves me. It's only by His grace that I'm saved. I don't deserve it. And that's just one part of grace. Grace is unmerited favor, what I don't deserve. But that's just what grace is. But we also need to understand what grace does. Grace is also the power force that He wants to give us that we can live a victorious life. Not that we're just saved by grace, but we now walk in grace and the power of God that we don't have to stumble and fall. No longer. Band, you can come back. Lastly, and here's where many fall off. God, the Holy Spirit, longs to be my friend. His Holy Spirit wants to be that intimate friend, that friendship to you, that wind, that breath of life. And I really believe this is also key to your life and future. And many miss out on this because they don't receive Him. Look at me today. Don't be distracted by them coming. Listen to me today. There are so many people today who are saved. Have their ticket stamped to go to heaven. But they're not living in freedom. There are so many people who are saved. But they're not enjoying their Christian Christmas, I was about to say not enjoying their Christian experience. They're not enjoying their Christian life. They're not living in joy. They're pursuing happiness instead of the joy, that inner strength and power. Come on, there are many people saved, but they're still almost dead inside. And I believe that's why we need the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit, because it's that power, it's that that breath. That he wants to breathe out into every one of your lives. Come on, this is the true story about the Holy Spirit. And it's not because it's our story. We're just relaying to you his story from his word. And we're just bringing you the truth from God's word. But I'm telling you right now, you need the Holy Spirit in your life. That gift that God has given. Remember, salvation is God's gift to the world. But the Holy Spirit is God's gift to his church. Would you stand all over this place today? And as you stand, just bow your heads. Just bow your heads. Just in your own way right now, could you just open up your heart to the Holy Spirit? If you want to lift your hands, if you just want to close your eyes, you just, you just want to begin to open your mouth and just praise Him. Can you just begin to open your heart to Him right now?